everybody back to another episode of a West Vancouver Magazine podcast, westvancouver.com. I am Catherine Barr, and again, I am the luckiest person in the world. I get to have so many exciting guests agree to come on air, and we get celebrities, we get sports stars, and today I'm going to go so far as even to call him a local celebrity. He is definitely a community builder and almost a historian. When you hear the knowledge that this gentleman has to share with us, you will not only be impressed, but you will thoroughly enjoy the very surprise announcement that we have to make today. Well, it's not a total surprise anymore, but it is exciting. He builds for the future, and I'm going to call him my friend. This is a Park Royals a Rick Amante. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you, uh, Catherine, and uh, you're too kind, really. <laughs> now, what title are you officially sporting these days? I kind of call you, you know, Mr. Park Royal, but uh, I don't have a sash and a crown for you, so we'll have to get your title, official title these days. What are you doing at a Park Royal? So I'm the Vice President of Community Partnerships and Development, and it's kind of a unique title because, really, we as a company know that we can't um, continue to grow our business and propose developments without having strong community partnerships and engagement. And, uh, and look, we, we live in this community. We do work in this community. Um, we party and, and have fun in this community. So the things that we want to do as an organization, uh, certainly uh, we want to be proud of. Well, you know, nobody has held more strong or steadfast to that than you. You are the personification of uh, community building to me. You and I have sat together on Chambers of Commerce. You're an accomplished speaker. There's never a time that I show up at an event that I don't enjoy what you kind of have to say. You know, I'm not a big, oh, God, here comes a power presentation kind of guy. But you talk so um, amicably, you, you talk so sincerely about your passions for West Vancouver that it is always a really, really nice moment when you do take to the stage, and and such is the case today. So we have our stage today as our as our podcast, as I've said, and we're going to talk about Park Royal, a little bit about where it started, where it's been, where it's going, and that's the most exciting part, where it is going, because you have some amazing, exciting announcements for us. Now, um, Park Royal opened in 1950, and I'm presuming neither one of us was around back well, I, I wasn't around, and I know I'm much older than you, so yes, that's a, that's a very accurate statement. Well, anybody who grew up here, though, knows Park Royal. In fact, Canada knows Park Royal because Canada, it was one of Canada's first shopping centers, and the growth and its enormity at that time. Tell us a little bit about what happened sort of between 1950 and the modern era. How did Park Royal get to be so famous? So, you know, Park Royal was, uh, as you mentioned, built in 1950, but the thing that really made it unique in Canada, because there was other small um, kind of uh, uh, gatherings, uh, gatherings or environments for retail, what made Park Royal North so unique was it was the first time a department store in Canada moved out of the downtown uh, urban centers and actually went to what at that point in time was a bit of suburbia. And so um, Woodward's was the store at that time, and it was the first time that ever occurred in Canada. So that was a real first for Park Royal. And then through the, uh, through the years, the decades, uh, Park Royal continued to um, evolve uh, with a number of other firsts. We were the first 
uh, shopping center in Canada back in 1990, uh, when I first came here, the early part of 1990, to actually externalize themselves and put a um, retail front facing uh, the major uh, uh, roadway, which was Marine Drive. And then we followed that up uh, in the years to come with the uh, first lifestyle center in Canada, the village at Park Royal. And now we uh, continue to evolve. Back about four years ago, five years ago, we created the first Main Street in a shopping center environment in Canada. So we're, we, we continue to try to do innovative things and things that uh, make great uh, sense for the community and, uh, and make great sense for our uh, retailers and obviously make good business sense for us. You know, it is among all the places you travel, and I mean, okay, you know, I, I travel, I shop, right? I think we all do to some degree. But there are absolutely, there, there's nothing to compare in my mind to Park Royal. You know, you could have done exactly that. You could have put up big concrete walls and anybody who even travels down to Bellevue kind of thing, they had sort of the same thing down there. You've got these big department stores, big concrete walls. How do you make that attractive to the entrance to West Vancouver? You cannot get into West Vancouver literally without driving past or nowadays literally through Park Royal, you've got you've got structural um, considerations. You've got the roads running through it. You've got I, I know you hate the word traffic, but you know it's you're right at the the entrance to the community that way. And yet you did make it. You made it a village. You made it a place that was part of the community, not forced upon the community. I believe in many ways. And again, the village was an especially unique concept. We have our own unique. Home Depot there, for gosh sakes. You know, you once had the bowling alley, you have the movie theaters, which have since returned, and they've evolved to such a level. Woodward's, I mean, the history that you folks can mention here, and there's a lot of celebrity here, too. I'm going to pause for a second, because some of my memories of Park Royal, when that Home Depot opened, which was the start of the village atmosphere and the new Main Street that you continue to cultivate, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember we had an exclusive concert in Home Depot with Jan Arden? It was a very VIP event. <laughs> it was a very do, glam event. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And actually, that was uh, one of a few times Jan Arden came here for store openings. Uh, so, yeah. And I'm going to go right back again. This is my husband's memories of it. He actually remembers um, the band that sang, you know, Inagata De Vida Baby. What was the Iron Butterfly? You had at oh, the Woodward store. So we have a history of celebrities showing up at Park Royal as well, which is really kind of fun. So you are a celebrity mall on top of that. But you are not only a mall, you are a landlord and a very unique landlord based on the geography and the land that you sit on. Speak a little bit about that, will you, Rick? Because you're also developing, and we're lumping a bunch of things in here, two new rental towers right on the property, and they in and of themselves are unique as well. So we have the storefront, but now we have Park Royal as a landlord. Talk a little bit about that, if you will, and let us know where you're at with the progress of the two new towers that we're all watching being built. So so Park Royal is one of the very few uh, large um, shopping environments, shopping centers if you, if you choose, but shopping environments in Canada that are privately owned. Um, there's us, quite honestly, uh, and there's uh, West Edmonton Mall. Uh, and so 
uh, unlike the other um, people that are in this industry across Canada, the other facilities, um, we're, we're pretty unique because ownership is hands-on. Uh, they're very uh, creative. They're very uh, mindful of the things that they're doing. And, uh, and uh, they want to hold an asset for a very long period of time and, uh, and really see what they can create here. Uh, we're also in a unique situation here, unlike, again, any other shopping center or, or retail environment in Canada, where a portion of our uh, retail uh, mix sits on Fee Simple Land, which is in the jurisdiction of West Vancouver, and a, a portion of it sits on um, Squamish Nation territory, where we are uh, a lessee of uh, our landlord, the Squamish Nation. So. We've got two jurisdictions that we are very respectful, very mindful of, um, but most people see Park Royal as a single community, and we as the landlord, quite honestly, treat Park Royal as, as, as a, a, a whole. We don't look at uh, dividing it between jurisdictions, and we don't look at um, you know, somehow developing something on one side and not on the other that doesn't complement each other. That's so, got to present its own set of challenges, no doubt. <laughs> it, it, it certainly does. But one of the things I think that we did that was uh, uh, key not only to the present but to the future here is the better part of 10 years ago, we sat down and we created what, uh, what we called a neighborhood vision for Park Royal. Because, you know, as you mentioned, there's, there's certainly a, a number of things that are unique about Park Royal. And we thought that as time goes on, instead of, uh, instead of looking at ourselves as a so-called shopping center, uh, we needed to look at ourselves as, as a neighborhood. And, and how do we, as a neighborhood, uh, continue to grow and, and, uh, and be part of the community? So we have, we have a number of different, um, you know, key goals, objectives that we follow, um, uh, and they range from great design to community involvement to, you know, making our environment here um, as livable an environment as we possibly can. So the two new towers, of course, so just to not leave the retail completely behind, mm -hmm. you have so many great stores in there, and I actually do know quite a few people from um, the community, you know, independent. It's it's not all big box format stores. It's not all Best Buys. It's not all Home Depots. It's not all large, large, you know, multi-corporations. You've got quite a few people that had shops even in Ambleside and stuff that are still with you and have been with you for years. So you've got an amazing mix and you've got an amazing mix of, of, of luxury as well. Tesla is one of the newer tenants in there. And of course, uh, restaurants as well. But when we talk specifically about living at Park Royal, the, the two new towers coming out of the ground were originally just going to be you know, the usual, you could buy units, you could do this and that. And then you made several tweaks to it that, as you have said, really help frame and suit what the community is asking for. A large portion of that, of course, is in the rental market. So the two new towers are largely, give us a, a quick rundown, how many towers there are, sort of the square footage and rental ability. This is going to help solve the intention, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is to help solve a little bit of the problems we have in West Vancouver, which is not enough housing or affordability. So, so yeah, so the, the, we're, we're building two separate uh, towers, which are part of the same concept, uh, and, and um, uh, there's going to be about 300 units in total. Uh, all of them will be rental. 
even though that we've identified a number of them as market units, some of them um, um, we've got a commitment to continue to rent for 20 years. Some of them we could go to market tomorrow. But the truth is, is that we see the rental industry as a, as a, as a good business to be involved in. And we as a company uh, view all of our assets as long-term holds. So we're, um, we're going to be in the rental market for a very, very long period of time here. And, uh, and all of these units will be brought on board uh, as rental units and uh, continue to be rented for a significant period of time with, with a vast majority of them uh, rentals, rental units in perpetuity. So we're, we're addressing a need that we see in the community, and that is to provide um, rental housing as a, as a more affordable means for people to, uh, to live in West Vancouver. Well, I'm going to come clean. Everybody who, anyone who knows me well enough knows that I about, uh, well, gosh, a few years ago there, um, I myself in my single days lived at Park Royal. I was, mm -hmm. I was privileged enough to live at the West Royal Towers. And I got to tell you, there was nothing better than just dropping down on my elevator, running across the street to get um, anything I wanted from my white spot takeout to even my breakfast McMuffin at McDonald's to my bottle of wine and, and fancy dinner needs for throwing a party. I mean, it was there was nothing better in the world, really, than just walk across the street and having everything at my at my footsteps at my doorsteps and um, the village was actually still being developed back then so I would have had even more choice had I had I stuck around and not moved up the hill but I am still less than five minutes and could still walk down the hill for there there but uh, you really do have one of everything and speaking of one of everything um, we've got a new one of everything coming up here I was privileged enough to hear Rick speak recently and this of course is being presented to council forthwith but we're talking about something super exciting something brand new and it's on a piece of land that even i didn't realize park royal was um, the owner of we're talking about um 671 clyde avenue now a lot of west vancouverites will know this is the place where i think it's a you kind of used it for multi-use lots over the years the christmas trees are kind of there during christmas but it's right next to the little parkade across from it i'll let you do, say this a little more thoroughly than i'm doing it but micro units this is the key word here this is the exciting concept being developed here at clive avenue this brand new project rick lead us into it what are you planning so again you know as as we continue to evolve and and we look at you know what the needs of the community are uh, we we try to examine developments and and bring to the table um, ideas and concepts that um, kind of meet those those needs and those demands and one of the things most recently that has been raised in the community and when i say recently this has been probably for the last three or four years right is this need to provide housing for those individuals who kind of work in our community and do the important work of those service and those frontline jobs and you know west vancouver like uh, like many communities uh, that the, that are similar to it um, have become um, a little uh, unaffordable, a little less attainable for people who you know work those frontline positions that I just mentioned. And so when we were um, thinking about what we could do to address that, the notion of micro units, which you know are very typical in communities where there's 
very high land values. The cost of building is high. And, and so we decided that maybe, and this has never been done in West Vancouver, uh, and to the best of my knowledge, not been done on the North Shore, and, and maybe not even in Metro Vancouver, with the exception of, of some smaller units that were done um, at UBC and, and perhaps some other campuses for um, you know, education purpose for resident housing for the, uh, for the students. Um, we decided to try to bring something like that to West Vancouver to make it more affordable, make it more attainable, and really provide an opportunity for those people, those important people who work in our community to live in our com community and become you know, part of the fabric of our community. So um, that's how we came about with the uh, or came up with the micro unit proposal for uh, for these uh, these vacant lots. So a micro unit, then, by definition, for people who are tossing this around, you hear this, and sometimes, as you said, other cities are quite um, welcoming to this idea. Micro loft is a word that's tossed around um, downtown New York a lot. Living in you know high density village areas in the New York area, etc. But micro unit, 350 square feet, 400, no more than 440. This seems to be the definition of micro units. So you immediately think, wow, anything under 500 square feet, how is that possible? So I guess you could compare it to something, to give a visual to our listeners, something the size of a, an average hotel room. So you have room for sort of a micro kitchen type area. You're obviously going to get your um, bathroom facilities in there, shower, etc. Everything kind of miniaturized maybe to the point, you know, no full-size fridges, more of a, a, a half-size fridge like this. I'm seeing more of this kind of living popping up in, in downtown as well. Some of the newer buildings going up um, East Vancouver, etc. Some of the stuff in there, again, too close to the downtown core. Things like that are, are happening around here. So you're looking for around, again, the area, if you're going, let's do it this way. If you're going north on Taylor Way, okay? So if you're going up Taylor Way, it's on your right-hand side. Clyde Avenue, of course, is your first right-hand turn. There's the parkade that is currently there. It's been there for a long time. That land, of course, is not the land we're talking about. We're talking about the one across the street from it in Clyde. More on the side, I believe there's the Amica Seniors Housing down there as well. There's a, a office building. There's other units down this area. So it's really conducive for this area for it to be built here. And it's going to be... 199 units is what you're scheduling for. How tall is it going to be, Rick? And tell us a little bit more about the other facilities you're building around. Because here's a really neat fact. You're actually planning more bicycle storage or more bicycle parking space than you are for cars. So this is a complete concept. And um, something about some fabulous rooftop decks and areas like that. Expand a little bit more on the exciting additions that come along with living in a micro unit. So yeah, there's a couple unique things that we're proposing. One is that the six-story building uh, would be built all from wood frame. So uh, that, that is a, a, a more environmentally sensitive means of construction for sure. And it also allows the building to uh, go up a bit quicker than a concrete building. Uh, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's important because there's a need today for this type of housing. Uh, all of the units, all 199 of them will be rental units. Um, so that is a, it's a unique 
uh, a rental project, uh, you know, in perpetuity. So that's good. The amenities, recognizing that these units are smaller in size, the amenities that we have proposed really help address, I think, the the need for people who, you know, may not be accustomed to such a compact living environment. We have a rooftop garden, as you mentioned, on top of the uh, uh, the buildings with a little amenity space up there that could be converted into a uh, community dining room, you know, uh, with a small kitchen. So if you have guests come over, instead of trying to get, you know, six people into your 350-square-foot unit, you could book this community <laughs> kitchen and, and, and actually entertain them where you live. Um, there will be a workspace, a collaborative workspace, we believe, where, again, people who want to just get out and, you know, uh, get outside of the four walls of their unit could do that in a collaborative manner. Um, there is a, um, uh, as opposed to an, uh, an indoor fitness amenity, we have uh, proposed putting outdoor uh, adult um, exercise equipment on the front lawn of the building. So those people who want to get exercise can do it literally on the front lawn uh, as you're coming into the building. And this equipment you see in parks all around the world now where runners and, and walkers and joggers, you know, also do physical exercise as part of their workout. So that's kind of a unique thing. Um, the building will be, you know, environmentally sensitive and we will, you know, um, work hard at making it as passive as we possibly can. And uh, one of the unique things that I like is that um, uh, going back a few years ago when we were uh, redeveloping uh, Park Royal North, uh, as you mentioned, it was built in 1950, and there was some beautiful uh, old fir wood that was used uh, to construct the shopping center back oh, in the wow. day. We've reclaimed a portion of that, and we will, it's not going to build this whole building, but we will incorporate it somehow into the building. So a piece of the old original Park Royal will be continuing to uh, breathe, uh, breathe here in West Vancouver in this new development. Wow. Now, you know, there's no easy way to put this. This is definitely not a building or a, a type of living and facility for families. This is a type of facility for living, working, active singles. Um, it sounds young professional, geared to the young professional, um, as opposed to a seniors housing unit, which has different needs, of course. Um, and this is a place where you don't actually expect people to maybe be in too long of a term. You know, if people get married and start to have kids, they're going to have to go find somewhere else to live here, right? Open this back up for, for people who are working. But when I think of, you know, even people like my sister-in-law, I have many, many friends still in this in this position, um, they're single, they're working, they're working overnights, they're working shift work. This is kind of perfect because we do live in Vancouver. You know, we do have an extremely outdoor outdoor lifestyle, uh, just surrounded by it, surrounded by nature, surrounded in, in a great location like this. You know, this wouldn't work so well halfway up the mountain, would it, per se? You know, this needs to literally be right where the bus stops are and right where the food stores are and right where the, the movie theaters are, right? This is meant to be plunked right here, isn't it? it? It doesn't really work if you adjust too much of it. If you fiddle with it too much, you kind of break it is kind of where I'm going, right? It, it kind of needs to be here and now and, and purpose-built for these kind of elements. Is that obviously part of the thinking as well? Oh, yeah, without a question of a doubt. I mean, 
the these type of facilities because the 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 occupants are are generally speaking those people that want to uh, find a more a more affordable means and ways of living in the community, uh, which generally means they don't have a car, so um, they rely on active transportation, whether that's walking or cycling or public transportation to get to and fro from their 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 place of work or uh, if they're going to university, uh, the same thing. Uh, and it, and it's just a matter of making sure that you know you've got these uh, these units in an environment where people just don't have a need or dependency uh, on an automobile. That's not to say that 100% of people living in there will not have a car, but we've actually designed the building to uh, 0.25 cars per unit, which, in all honesty, is the absolute lowest so far. Uh, uh, in West Vancouver, in terms of a parking ratio, and it's about half of what the lowest ratio today is uh, along that stretch of Clyde Avenue. So it's um, it's really designed for people who uh, who don't need or want a ve uh, vehicle, and for people who want to be close to um, accessing where they work without having to drive to and from work. So that in itself has a great benefit for uh, just traffic congestion because if if people don't need to drive from you know Burnaby or, or downtown Vancouver or points beyond to get to their jobs in West Vancouver, that takes cars off the road. And it also solves a big problem that we've been grappling with. I remember even at the chamber, but it doesn't even matter. Many of our clients here at westvancouver.com express this. I can't get people to come to West Vancouver. It's a long drive. They don't live here. They can't work here, blah, blah, blah. So this immediately, it, it seems, addresses a part of that entire um, complicated um, hiring and, and attracting workers into the area. That that seems to be a natural a natural result of building something like this. So now before we get too numberies and too technical with everything, obviously all this will be available to the public as you go through the process and you are starting to go through uh, that process, as you say, 0 0.25 cars. So that's one car every four units, that kind of thing. 350 square foot. You've got a couple bigger ones coming up. We'll put all this information up for listeners available through links at the bottom as it becomes available, and we will update it as Rick and Park Royal go through this process as well, and we'll get Rick back here to update us as through the process. So in regards to the process, Rick, what's next for you here? How, how soon are we going to get this built? So the first step is to um, have council consider this uh, concept, and so we need to go through uh, a pre-application proposal, which is scheduled for uh, Monday, October the 4th. Council will be reviewing it. And if council is comfortable um, with the proposal in terms of it, um, you know, addressing several needs that they've identified um, uh, in the community and, and, and supported by a number of reports that they've, they've uh, received from various consultants, uh, we will then go into a much more uh, intense public consultation. Council's approval on October 4th is not approving the project. We need to be very clear on that. Their approval on October 4th is simply to say, hmm, this is an idea that might have some merit. Take it forward to the community and see what they think and then come back and report to us and then we'll decide at that stage of the game, they'll consider it at that stage of the game 
for uh, the rezoning and the development permit that would be required. Well, I hope it moves quickly for you because I think if this um, does its usual, and um, sorry, West Vancouver, you're terrible at dragging your wagon. You really, really are on, on stuff like this. You really take a while. It's true. It's true. But um, in, in the ultimate world, when you get this built, what's your, what's your outlook? What's the realistic time frame for when this can be built and when it can be available for the public? And if you don't want to jinx yourself, I respect that. But... <laughs> Well, look, I think I think one thing I think that one thing that we've proven as a company and and and, and as an organization is, you know, we don't we don't sit on our hands. You know, there's been other development proposals in this community that have been approved by council that have taken a long time to be built and in some instances have rental housing that hasn't even been built uh, to date. Uh, if if we were to get a, approval to proceed with this this proposal and say we got it next summer, um, you know, uh, 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 and that would be quick. But if we could, could get it next summer, we would be in a position then to do uh, um, finish off our building permit drawings and uh, subject to getting those approved by the district of West Vancouver, we could see construction start, you know, uh, either late fall or early um uh 2022 late fall hopefully and uh and we expect to have these buildings ready for occupancy in less than two years so it it could be the summer of 2024 uh and people could be moving in it's so in the world of development that's pretty quick Yes, I know. And it's so funny when you need something yesterday, you know, and the world operates that when do you want it? Well, I wanted it a week ago. You know, we, we do tend to push and rush and things like that. But development takes its time and, and rightly so input and to do it right. You want to do it right. Right. So um, how much is it going to cost to rent one of these given you cannot predict, obviously, two years ahead in the future. But given a reasonable assumption here, 350 square feet, approximate square footage, we think in around 1200, 1500 a month. Yeah, and I think the key thing here is is that these are not subsidized units. They're going to be built. Uh, they're going to be built from high quality. Um, we may choose at some point in time. We'll have to wait and see how the next year or so goes. But we may choose to furnish some of them, uh, only because you know not everybody's got the smaller furniture to fit in these units. But that decision hasn't been made yet. But basically, you know, um, I, I I think the goal here is 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 to Bring a compact, good, very good, high-quality living accommodation to this community that would be about two-thirds the size of a studio or a one-bedroom. And by virtue of that, the rent should be two-thirds. So if your average rent in uh, for, for a uh, one-bedroom unit, say in West Vancouver, is $1,800 a month, uh, you'd be looking at $1,200 a month. That's just it's simple math. There you go. Better metric, Simple much now. better metric, because nobody can predict whether these rents are going to go up or down, et cetera, et cetera, where we're going to be in two years. Gosh knows. I, I, I was going to say I almost made it through a whole episode without mentioning COVID, but there you go. <laughs> you never know what's around. You never know what's around the corner, your future, your past, and your present. Um, it's all right. Well, you know, we've done the past. We've done the present. Um, we've gone a little bit over time here, but I've certainly enjoyed doing this. Rick, this is a, an amazing thing. So tell me something. Where do you see where do you see Park Royal in the future? You're obviously going, going to go nowhere. You're one of the largest landlords, et cetera, on the, on the property called West Vancouver these days. Um, 
where's Park Royal going to be five, ten years from now? Well, I think Park Royal will, will continue to evolve and become um, this community within a community on its own. Uh, we already, you know, and, and you mentioned traffic, and I'll just say this. You know, people forget already that Park Royal is almost part of the um, road network system for West Vancouver. Many of us, including me, um, sometimes use Park Royal to get around or, uh, uh, or bypass <laughs> Marine Drive and Taylor Way. Uh, you Sneaky know, back I, roads? No, we don't do yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, and, and we've, we've set up Park Royal in a grid system for, you know, the opportunity down the road to become more of a, that kind of compact neighborhood that, uh, that you see and you hear about around the world as, as part of good design and, and, and good growth. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're, we're not stopping. Um, I think, I think the notion of big retail spaces is probably coming to an end now. Um, so it's a matter of, um, finding other uses for Park Royal that, uh, that serve the community and, and, uh, and can, uh, really complement this environment. And, and that can range from residential to a whole variety of uses, um, both social and, and maybe educational and who knows, some point in time, maybe medical, you just don't know. And, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm very open-minded, uh, about, you know, what might be coming down the path and, uh, where there's an opportunity, we will examine it. And if it makes sense, we will pursue it. Wow, there you go. Well, 50-some-odd years ago and 50 years into the future, you'll certainly be around. All right, wrap up with some of the Rick's picks, if you will. Tell us some of your favorite stores and favorite things to do at Park Royal. Let us in on a couple of secrets. What do you, what do you like best about down there? Who do you, who do you go to a lot? <laughs> well, I, you know, I have to be honest with you. One of the things that, that I'm a true believer in and we continue to look at um, means and ways to expand is the, is the food and beverage offerings here. I'm, I'm uh, all for that. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, and, and, and they range from, you know, the larger, um, you know, casual restaurants to some of the more unique, smaller entities. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our new um, sushi operator, Hello Nori, who is going to do a, uh, a high-end sushi um, uh, restaurant with a uh, with a whiskey bar. That could be a lot of fun. Looking oh. forward to that. Um, We've got a few uh, few interesting cafes that uh, I think we'll be able to announce in the not too distant future that will continue to create that kind of unique social environment that I've always been very keen on here. But the one big thing I think um, that is going to be exciting is the new plaza that we're building as part of our gateway um, residential development. This new plaza is actually public space. It's not for just for the residents of the uh, the Gateway uh, project. And the Gateway will, being the two new towers. The two new towers, yeah. Right now, yeah. yeah. Close yeah. to completion, sure. Yeah. So there'll be a south-facing plaza that will have uh, light shows and 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 fountain demonstrations, water features, and will also be a play area because the fountains themselves can be controlled. So kids on those hot days like we had during the uh, the heat dome here in, in, in Vancouver over the summer can actually get out and, and play in the water, uh, almost like a water park. So, oh, uh, wow. and, and, 
and then the space can be used from anything from you know um, uh, public festivals to uh, performances to who knows maybe if you're getting wet, uh, married and you need an outdoor space for for your wedding it could be a beautiful environment for that too so there's lots wow. of unique things I think we can do and uh, those are the kind of things that I take great uh, uh, pleasure in seeing happen in addition to the good retail that we do. There you go. Well, you've heard it right from the horse's mouth, everybody. The facts, the, the figures, and the future of Park Royal. Well, I'm going to put in my wish list for um, live music, jazz, jazz trios, something fun to sit down and, and drink my white wine outside and listen to, or even inside. We've got lots of space inside, too, I hope. So, uh, Rick, um, thank you so much for joining us here today. Will you come back and talk to us again? I think so, Catherine. You know, as long as uh, as as long as as long as I've got something exciting to share with you, and uh, believe you me, I've been here for thirty years. I don't know that there's ever been a dull moment. Everything is exciting. Yeah. Well, Rick Gibbs, where he lives as well. You are, are are living in West Vancouver. You have for many many years. So there's there's really no secrets and and nothing to Rick here that he's holding back on us. So we're gonna we're gonna get you back on the air here as you develop closer towards the exciting microloft proposal of course we'll check in with you to see the progress of those towers and those fabulous new spaces that they have their spaces and places you've been listening to west vancouver magazine west vancouver podcast westvancouver.com you can check in with us on all the regular subscribe to us we're on apple we're on spotify if you can't handle that as i said just go straight to westvancouver.com and just press play until next time i hope you will all stay in touch and save me a smile.